There's nothing lacking in a believer's relationship with God. We grow not by addition. We don't need to add anything to Jesus. We grow by nutrition, by being rooted and grounded in Christ. One of the problems that Paul, the Apostle Paul, was dealing with as he uh, communicated with the believers in Colossae, we now know it as the book of Colossians or his epistle to the Colossians, was traditions. Uh, They seemed to take believers away from what Jesus taught. We're going to hear a lot more about that on today's edition of Study Verse by Verse as Pastor Leighton Sheely from Church of the Highlands in San Bruno, on the web, by the way, at highlands.us. That's highlands.us. Continues to take us through the book of Colossians. And the important thing about tradition is where does it come from? Does it come from God or does it come from man? Because there were traditions that religious leaders had in the times of Jesus that didn't come from God. And they were so zealous for these traditions that when Jesus came in fulfillment of God's promise, they didn't recognize Him. Because they placed their traditions as being more important than God's Word. We must never allow our traditions to be greater than God's Word. There's a place for traditions, but they should never displace God's Word. And then there's another word in here that's really interesting. It's translated elements or rudiments. It basically means one in a series like A, B, C, D, E, F, G, or 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7. And it's, it's interpreted in multiple ways, but one of the ways is very interesting because in ancient Greece, it was one of the words that was uh, in the vocabulary of religious astrology of that day. Astrology as in horoscopes and so forth. The Gnostics believed that angels and heavenly bodies... Uh, influenced people's lives. And that may be why later in Colossians, Paul addresses this issue about new moon and other religious uh, things established by the calendar. It might be related to this teaching. But remember how I said earlier that people fundamentally don't change? A poll conducted just a few years ago reports that 48% of Americans, 48% of Americans believe that astrology is probably or definitely valid. Almost half of Americans believe in in astrology. People fundamentally don't change. Colossians can be written to us, and it is. People in Paul's day, they they looked at the stars, and and they they thought that the stars uh, tyrannized their lives, and so they were trying to figure out how how to influence the spiritual realm. And that was true whether you were a peasant or a senator. Because peasants and senators alike hung amulets around their necks to chase away evil spirits. According to Suetonius' account of Nero, the emperor solicited rites from the Magi in order to escape his mother's ghost. Even men with great leadership skills such like Julius Caesar, Augustus, Tiberius, Vespasian, Alexander the Great, all consulted the stars. It's as if they believed if you were born under a lucky star, good for you. If not, Not good for you. And men were slaves of the stars. But they thought, there's a way of escape. There's got to be a way of escape. If we can just get the right password, the right formula, then we can escape from this influence of the stars. Astrology, oracles, dreams engulfed that first century society. Now I want you to notice this phrase, because it's real important that you observe it and understand this repetitive phrase, according to, according to, not according to. Get it? 
according to, according to, not according to. According to human tradition, according to the elements of the world, not according to Christ. And that contrast indicates that Paul regards these others as rivals to Christ. And the fact that they are not according to Christ should be sufficient to warn us against getting involved in horoscopes, Ouija boards, and other spiritist practices. A Christian who dabbles in mysticism and the occult is really asking for trouble. Instead of futile attempts to control or manipulate the spiritual realm and our destiny, we should instead put our faith in God and God's promises. Because God always keeps His promises. And one of the promises I hold tenaciously to is found in Romans 8.28. It says, And we know that for those who love God, all things, all things, all things work together for good for those who are called according to His purpose. All things work together for good. The good, the bad, the ugly. All things work together for good. So when we're going through difficult times, we need to put our faith in God's promise that good is going to somehow or other result out of it rather than seeking out some palm reader or soothsayer and trying to manipulate the spiritual realm because it doesn't work or it doesn't work out well. No man-made religion can lead us to the truth because the truth is found in Jesus Christ. Verse 3 says, In Christ are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. If, if philosophy is true, it focuses on Christ Jesus. Verse 9, for in him the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily. It sounds familiar because there's a parallel verse in chapter 1, verse 19. All the fullness of the deity, the whole total of deity, the pleroma, all of the divine attributes, his nature and his person, God's nature and person, live in bodily form in a body, the body of Jesus Christ. That's what Paul is saying. Now the false teachers were saying, well, Jesus could not have been both God and man. Can't be both. But Christian doctrine says that Jesus is fully God and fully man. Can we describe this? Not any better than we can describe the Trinity. But that's what the Bible teaches. God's fullness dwelt uniquely and supremely in Christ. In Christ we have all we need for salvation and right living. And that's what the word filled means in the next verse. And you have been filled in Him who is the head of all rule and authority. So not only does the fullness of deity dwell in Christ, but all believers have been filled or given fullness or completeness in Christ. There's nothing lacking in a believer's relationship with God. Through Christ, God pours His love and power into believers. He gives us fullness and purpose in life. He readies us for the life to become. When a person is born into the family of God by giving uh, their faith to Jesus Christ, the Savior and Lord, they are complete. We grow not by addition. We don't need to add anything to Jesus. We grow by nutrition, by being rooted and grounded in Christ. He is the head of all authority, all rule and authority. Not just one in a hierarchy. He is the top. 
you know, when we go through life, and oftentimes we're dealing with corporations and companies and this, we don't get to talk with the person on top. Can you imagine? Just think for a moment of the privilege that has been given to us, that we have been invited to meet with the one who is in charge of everything. Think about this. The disciples came to Jesus and asked, how should we pray? Jesus said, pray like this. Our, we get to address God directly through Christ. We shouldn't be talking to some saint or some whatever. Jesus said, pray like this. Our Father. Verse 11. In Him also you were circumcised with a circumcision made without hands by putting off the body of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. Now, Remember that this teaching that was threatening the Colossian church was, was several things. It was Oriental mysticism, astrology, philosophy, and Jewish legalism. So evidently there were some who were teaching new converts that they had to submit to circumcision and obeying the Old Testament laws. And the idea is this. If, if, you, if you're circumcised, then, then you're, 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 you're more spiritual. And if you uh, keep the Old Testament laws, you're more spiritual. And if you do certain things according to your diet, you're more spiritual. And if you keep attention to these special days on the calendar, special festivals, you're more spiritual. And eventually, you keep this up, you'll become one of the spiritual elite. And you know there are people today in the church that believe that there's a spiritual elite? Well, I do this and I don't do this, so I'm better than you. I'm part of the spiritual elite. Newsflash, there is no spiritual elite. Now, Jewish males were circumcised as a sign of their covenant with God, but with the death of Christ, bodily circumcision is no longer needed to be identified as God's people. Paul here explains that all believers are circumcised, but not with a circumcision done by hands. Only Christ could perform this operation. It's not a physical operation, it's a spiritual operation. And Paul made it clear that Christians are not subject in any way to the Old Testament legal system, and it doesn't do us any good spiritually anyway. Christ is sufficient. Did I mention that? I just wanted to make sure, because that's what Paul keeps trying to get across to us. Christ is sufficient. Verse 12, having been buried with him in baptism in which you were also raised with him through faith in the powerful working of God who raised him from the dead. Warren Wiersbe wrote, Paul used the illustration of baptism, and in the New Testament the word baptize has both a literal and a figurative meaning. The literal meaning is to dip, to immerse. The figurative meaning is to be identified with. So, for example, the Jewish nation was baptized into Moses, that's in quotes, when it went through the Red Sea, 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Now, there was no water involved in this baptism because they went over on dry land. They walked on dry land. But in this experience, the nation was identified with Moses. Paul used the word baptism in a figurative sense in this section of his letter to the Colossians. When a person is saved, he's immediately baptized by the Spirit into the body of Christ. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. So as the water closes over a person's head, it's as if he died... And then when he comes up out of the water, it's as if he has risen to new life, new life with Christ. And not only that, but it also symbolizes our future bodily resurrection. 
For some in the listening audience, I can almost see your face and hear your voice as you say, Oh, okay, yeah, that makes sense. I understand now. Wouldn't you love to have Pastor Leighton Sheely as a Bible teacher? Well, you do every day, and if you go to the church, you hear him from the pulpit, but perhaps in a class setting. This is Study Verse by Verse with Pastor Leighton Sheely from Church of the Highlands in San Bruno on the web at highlands.us. And they have something called the Highlands Institute that gives you that in-depth teaching in a classroom type setting. It's more than just Sunday school. If you want more information about it, look for the Highlands Institute on the website at highlands.us. Have a great rest of your day and come back tomorrow when we'll continue in the book of Colossians as Pastor Layton helps us study verse by verse.